Welcome to this week's TFL's Capital Connection. This session, guys and lady, has been a lot about education. That's appropriate because that's the biggest expenditure in the state's, what, $8 billion a year budget? Closer to nine, but yeah. Okay. And so we just had a fabulous, positive result late last night in the Iowa Senate. We want to share that with you. And we have a dear friend, Senator Ken Rosenboom. He's a man. I could talk this whole time about Ken. He's godly. He's hardworking. He's common sense. He's a farmer. Just a dear saint. Great man. And he happens to be, Danny and Ryan and Becca, the chairman of the Senate Education Committee. Well, he took on one of the most important education issues of this session, having to do with what parents can say and do or not do in regard to the public schools. So without further ado, I'd like our listeners just to clue into some of Ken's comments last night, and then we're going to break them into segments and discuss them briefly. And at the end, we'll wrap up with a bang. And Chuck, if I could just butt in for a moment, these are Ken's closing comments. Um, During debate, the floor manager of the bill has the last word, as you know. And uh, this concluded about two hours of debate last night, probably. And Senator Rosenboom and and others had listened to the debate, and now Senator Rosenboom is putting the wrap on on the bill. Yeah, and you'll hear him comment about some of the specious arguments that have been made in the last hour and 50 minutes. And for those of you nerds that are listening, this is available to the entire listening public around the world via the Internet. Um, If you want to go to... Legis, L-E-G-I-S dot Iowa dot gov. You can listen to the whole thing. And some people do that and absolutely love it. We're going to truncate it today and just hit those closing remarks. So let's listen to Senator Ken Rosenboom as he wraps up the parental rights in education bill. Hyperbole, exaggeration, misrepresentations, sky is falling narratives, calling us extreme and radical. I wish you'd get a new playbook. We hear that time after time after time. Today, I want to clearly frame the issues in the parents' rights and school transparency bill. We've heard those same cliches. This is an attack on teachers, LGBT restrictions book banning. Let's look at the actual content of the bill, not the political rhetoric. Perhaps the best example of what this is, the problem we're trying to solve tonight can be demonstrated in the public statement of a person now serving as an Iowa's public school board member. And that member stated this. The purpose of public education is not to teach kids what the parents want. It is to teach them what society needs them to know. The client is not the parent, but the community. Regardless of one's political affiliation, I believe all Iowans should be shocked at the belief that is stated in those words. Really? 
Public schools should no longer serve the parents of K-12 students. Our children now to be simply taught what this person believes society needs our children to know. I believe that's a fundamental issue that we're addressing in Senate File 496. Danny, what do you think? I think um, Senator Rosenboom um, did a pretty good job of introducing the subject matter. And I think we have, uh, Becca, are you prepared to um, confirm that quote? The senator did not name that school board member, but uh, it's a matter of the public record. Uh, they, they said it, and it's, and it's available for public um, uh, consumption. In Iowa. Here in Iowa. Becca, do you have that? Uh, oh, yes. I've got her Facebook post pulled up from January 24th. Oh, this year, January of this yeah, year. January of this year. Her name is Rachel Wall. She's a school board member in the Linmar School District. Um, and she posted it and says, um, I'll read it just like Ken did. The purpose of a public ed is not to educate kids what parents want. It is to teach them what society needs them to know. The client is not the parent, but the community. And she goes on to explain her post how she the public schools are, are an ecosystem. We're there to help the community as a whole. And, and it's disgusting. And Linmar happens to be the school district that's been sued by parents because they have said to their personnel that if a child comes out as the different gender from their bi biology, that the school is not to inform the parent. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's, they, they were a target... Um, yeah, that's what we're know. dealing with here yeah. in Linmar. But it isn't just Linmar. There's 51 schools that Moms for Liberty investigated and these sort of transgender and LGBTQ and porn pornographic materials are in virtually all the schools that the Moms for Liberty investigated. And, of course, Senator Rosenboom are offering these remarks uh, at the end of debate. He's He's got the final word. It's called his closing remarks as floor manager. After he gets done, they're going to vote. And um, he uh, he began this this segment that we just played with uh, hyperbole, distortion that kind of characterized the debate leading up to this. So that's kind of where we are now. I think we're probably ready to go to the next clip. Do you believe that elementary school children in K grades K through six should be given instruction on gender identity or sexual activity? I do not, and I think most Iowa parents do not. That is not age-appropriate education in any elementary school, and this bill explicitly prohibits that curriculum and lesson content in elementary schools. Do you believe that school personnel, such as teachers and counselors, should engage in discussions with students about expressing a different a gender identity different than their than their biological sex and keep those discussions hidden from the parents i do not and i do not believe most iowa parents want that the bill requires school districts to notify parents if a student asks to change names or pronouns in order to express a different gender identity Do you believe parents of K-12 students should have full awareness of books and materials that are in the classrooms and libraries? 
I do, and I think most Iowa parents do. This bill simply requires that all school districts publish the following on their website, a list of all materials used to teach students, a list of people in direct contact with the students, and a list of books available to students in the classroom or Wright Library. To be clear, and we've all seen plenty of this, there's a mountain of evidence that many Iowa school libraries contain books that do provide sexually explicit and obscene pictures and narratives that many Iowa parents find objectionable. This bill prohibits books or materials that are not age appropriate. Defined in the bill, as we noted earlier, as any material with descriptions or visual de depictions of a sex act as defined in Iowa Code Section 702.17. I can tell you, listeners, as a matter of law, 702 is the criminal code. And these are sex acts that are explicit, and you wouldn't, we wouldn't want to mention. It, it was hard for me even to read portions of 702 when I testified in the subcommittee on this bill in the House. I mean, 702 is pretty graphic. And that's what kids are being exposed to in our public schools in Iowa. And that's what really lit the governor's fuse, if you all remember, a year or a year and a half ago when she found out this stuff was in the schools. And that's when she got on her strongest mission yet on giving parents the option to, to go to a school that doesn't have this stuff. Well, rather than totally abandon the public schools, now the Senate and House is trying to curtail the public schools. And there's a real tough fight to do that. But we're winning. And Senator Rosenboom does a, uh, a very um, uh, diplomatic and statesmanlike job of addressing the issue uh, during this debate. He, he could have been a lot more graphic had he chosen to, mm -hmm. but it really wasn't it really wasn't necessary. Um, everybody in that chamber knew exactly what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, but, that's that's the thing about that debate. He, he talked at the beginning, you know, about hyperbole and and they talked about other books like uh, To Kill a Mockingbird and so on. But everybody knew what they were talking about. You bet. It, it was very clear. And I think his comments are right on. Most Iowans do not approve of this. And up until the last two or three years, most Iowans did not have a clue yep. that some of this material was on the shelves of school libraries under the guise of literary or poetic uh, value, whatever that term is. Mm -hmm. that's in, is that in 702? That's in 728, but yeah, the obscenity yeah. code okay. has this exception, and the schools were, unfortunately, many schools were exploiting that exception. To the point, and it's been made a couple of times tonight, uh, this, this concept of book banning. Last night, I went on the web, and I just looked up the rating system for Hollywood movies. Now, Hollywood's been merchandising sex and violence all of my lifetime, um, Hollywood at least has the understanding that not all material is age appropriate for children. So we have five ratings now. General audience, all ages admitted. Nothing that would offend parents for viewing by children. PG, parental guidance suggested 
Some material may not be suitable for children. Parents urged to give parental guidance. May contain some material that parents might not like for their younger children. PG-13. Parents strongly cautioned. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Parents are urged to be cautious. Some material may be inappropriate for pre-teenagers. Now we're restricted, or are. Under 17 requires an accompanying adult or parent or guardian. Contains adult material. Parents are urged to learn more about the film before taking their young children with them. And then NC-17, adults only, no one under 17, or no one 17 and under will be admitted. Clearly adult, children are not admitted. I have seen plenty of books in our school libraries that I believe are more explicit and more inappropriate for small children frankly, than any movie I've, any movie I've ever see, seen. Great analogy uh, panel. What do you think? Keep, we, need, we, need, we need to point out, we're talking about grades K through 6, right, uh, Ryan? You're uh, well, uh, familiar we, we with get some to, of the details in the bill. When we talk about the library books, that is K through 12. K, K through 12. Okay. K through 6 part is uh, banning on um, teaching oh, on that's right. uh, yeah. gender identity and sexual orientation yeah, right. in class. Okay. So we're talking about our K, K through 12. But frankly, whether it's a senior in high school or a fifth grader, I don't think hardly any parent would consent for this kind of material to be available to their children, whether it be in school or in their home. Well, let, let's get graphic here for a moment on what has happened. There has been a movement. Danny and, and friends, since the 60s, really, and you could say the 50s with Alfred Kinsey, but with Hugh Hafner and Playboy, there's been a movement to desensitize, okay? A little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, until we've gotten to the point where uh, horrible pornography is available two clicks away or one click away on a smartphone, even for kids. So... There are people in our society, they may be a minority, but they're a powerful, shrewd, evil minority that has been pushing the envelope. And there is a minority in the lobby that comes up and says, this material is just fine. And it's spooky, it's ribald, it's, it's shocking to me, but it's not shocking anymore to those who have just decided, let's be bold Let's be out. So mm -hmm. there, there is a push for more and more graphic material. Yep. But praise God, the legislature and the governor are saying no. Well, the legislature is saying not in our public schools. Do you believe that schools should be conducting extensive and subjective surveys about students' mental, emotional, or physical health that are not required by state or federal law? and that these surveys can and should be conducted without informing parents. I do not, and I believe most Iowa parents do not. Senate File 496 states that any formal survey or examination related to social and emotional learning should be given to parents seven days in advance, and that they should be given the opportunity to give parental consent 
before such surveys and examinations take place. One more thing before I wrap up. I want everyone to be clear about the role the parents have in their child's education and court decisions in Iowa certainly underline the role that parents play. Yeah, uh, in this segment, uh, Senator talks about surveys. Um, probably a lot of parents are unaware of the number of surveys that uh, are either uh, can or are uh, taken by kids at school. And uh, you might even be surprised at the content of some of those. We don't really have time on this pod podcast to go through that. But in the days, in these days of big data, where a lot of information is collected about a lot of people for all kinds of reasons, what the senator is getting at is uh, you should not take that kind of a survey of children in school if it's not required by law or unless the parents give their permission for that survey to be taken. Because who knows how that data is going to be used, where it's going to be used, or, f or for what reason. Mm -hmm. And uh, rather disturbingly, some of that information, those surveys, are taken with the intent of whether, how do I put it, to discover whether or not there's a need for uh, counseling or therapy. Mm-hmm in their opinion. Mm -hmm. And they determine that by that survey and all of this done without parents knowing about it. Uh, that's the point he's getting at and what the bill uh, deals with. Well, and there's a lot of people in the public schools that think they're doing a service well, by, yeah. by yeah, helping. They, they don't realize they're doing anything. Don't know they're doing anything wrong. They're helping kids who have mental problems. Yeah. And, you know, it's true that maybe some of that's coming from a messed up family life. But the assumption, the presumption needs to be in favor of the parent. Yeah, and I, I think that's where the bill, the proponents, the people who are supporting it said, okay, you, you, you have the best interest of the child. Bring the parents into the discussion. Bingo. Don't assume that they don't know what they're talking about and that back to the quote that Becca read and the senator started with, that you're serving some community interest Bingo. regardless of what the parents think. Yep. I want to read, This is and this is be short, the Iowa Court of Appeals in, in uh, guardianship of SKM in 2017 held that parents' right to the care, custody, and control of their children is a fundamental interest. Also, that same Court of Appeals in 2017 said proof of unfitness is constitutionally necessary to justify continued interference in the relationship between a natural parent and a child. And real quickly, two more things. This is, we've talked about this before in this chamber. Supreme Court, 1925, Pierce versus Society of Sisters. We think it entirely plain that the act of 1922 unreasonably interferes with the liberty of parents and guardians to direct the upbringing and education of children under their control. And then in another reference in 2010 in the Iowa Supreme Court to Pierce versus Society of Sisters, the court made this statement. Parents have a liberty interest in directing the upbringing and education of their children and that strict scrutiny must be applied in, in, in judging infringement on this right. If government action implicates a fundamental right, we apply a strict scrutiny, uh, scrutiny analysis in which we determine if the government action infringing 
the fundamental right is narrowly tailored to serve a compelling government interest. So um, just to make it clear, courts have, praise God, recognized that parents are primarily in charge. And Ken was citing some Iowa and U.S. Supreme Court precedent to that effect. So he's standing on good legal ground. He's standing on good common sense ground. And praise God, Iowa is pushing back against uh, this movement toward uh, outsourcing parenting. And it's moving back toward parents having primary responsibility. Colleagues, Senate File 496 is a good bill. It clearly establishes guardrails that I believe most Iowans believe to be reasonable and fair. In fact, it's my belief that this bill matches up with what most schools are doing right now and what most parents already expect their school to be doing. But as long as I'm in this chamber, I will work to rein in those schools that believe the purpose of public education is to teach our children what they think society needs them to know. We must put parents back in charge of their children's education. Madam President, those are my closing remarks. I move Senate File 496 as amended to be read for the last time and placed on its passage. So, listeners, the bill passed last night, goes to the House. We expect the House to do something similar. They might tweak it slightly. But um, the recalibration has begun in Iowa, and we're thanking God and our legislators for that. So we want to thank Senator Rosenboom for leading the charge. Thank you for listening. Thanks for supporting us. We've been lobbying on this bill. We've been testifying on it. We'll continue to work for it. And without you, we couldn't be up there doing that. So God bless you. Thank you. And tune in again next time to TFL's Capital Connection. This podcast is a project of the Family Leader and the Family Leader Foundation and is only possible through the generous support of our donors. If you would like to partner with us in our work, please visit thefamilyleader.com slash donate.